Welcome, I'm Nestor Flores, the pastor of Dayspring Church in Mission Hills, California. Thank you for tuning in to our podcast. I want to invite you to learn more about Dayspring Church by visiting our website, dayspringmh.org. We trust that if you open your heart, God will speak to you and you'll know how to live a life with God at the center that will result in a blessed life. This message will inspire, build your faith, and help you to know God better. Enjoy the message. Have you ever dreamed? Have you ever had a, have you ever seen yourself mentally winning by making the winning shot, the winning goal, coming across the line? Have you ever had that kind of dream? I know if you're a guy, you, 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 you've done that. I think ladies probably see that in a different way. You know, as a kid, um, my parents, we, we were a very close family and we're a very active family. And Saturdays in our family was all about being at the park and, and each of us was in, was in a soccer team and all day Saturday, we were in the park and all day Sunday we were at church that was just part of our of of our family upbringing and I remember that as a kid I never played in any championship team all the teams we ever played were bad we were horrible we were good just the team was bad you know, we never won any championships. We never won any trophies. We never got to make the victory life. But I remember I would daydream about what it would be like to be in the World Cup or to be in the NBA Finals or to be in the World Series and make the winning shot. Now, if you are like me, and I think you are like me, um, you probably thought and dreamed and, 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 uh, daydreamed about that. But the reality is that for many of us, that's, that's, that hasn't been a reality. You know, my youngest sister, Katie, she has four championship rings. Four. I have none. I've never even played in a final. Not fair. I was preparing for this. I was like, Lord, what's going on? Not even one. Not even like, let me play in a game. It's like, I'd like to win it, but at least let, let me play in a game. But you know, I've also had another thought, and I'm sure that you've probably at some point had this thought. Have you ever thought, you know, if I could go back in time with the knowledge that I have now, things would be very differently. Have you ever had that thought? Like, if I had the thinking, the maturity that I have now, back when I was playing sports or back when I was younger or back when I was applying for that program or whatever it was, like, things would be different. Don't you agree with me? But you know what the reality is? That's never going to happen. We're never going to be able to go back in time as fascinated as we are with the time machines and whatever. So it's never going to happen. But I do want to tell you that there's something more important than winning any tournament, than winning any league, than winning any season, than winning any championship. And that is winning at life. And what is true of sports where we say, man, if I could go back with the knowledge that I have now, things would be different. It's also true of life. And the reality, again, is that we're not going to be able to go back. But what if, what if, just just entertain this thought with me. What if, instead of saying, what if I could go back with this knowledge? What if we said, what if there was some knowledge that I could obtain now that could change my future? See, I can't go to the past, but we trust in God that there is a future for us. 
And what if, instead of saying, what I know now, would, and I could go back, would change. What if he said, if, what if there was a knowledge that I could obtain now, not, not when I'm 60, not when I'm 70, not when I'm 40, not when I'm 25, but now that would help me when I am 30, when I am 40, when I am 60. How much different would our lives be? See, the good news is that God wants to give you that knowledge. God is not going to take you to your past, but he can equip you right now to have a better future. How is it that God does this? Well, look at your outlines of 1 Corinthians 10, 11. Look at what he says. He says, these things happen, the things recorded in the Bible, these things happen to them as example for who? For us. For you and me. You know, one of the, you, you've heard this before. One of the awesome things about the Bible is that the Bible doesn't hide the mistakes of godly men and women. Right? It's like Facebook on steroids, you know? It puts the laundry out there, like, like David, right? Like he, that guy slept with the woman that was not his wife and they had the husband killed. And the Bible doesn't hide that. You know why it doesn't hide that? Because it's supposed to be an example for you and for me. An example for what? So that we can live better lives. So that we can live lives like champions. And he says, these things happen to them as examples for us. They were written down to warn us who live at the end of the age. And I want you to know that we are at the end of the age. That not just biblically speaking, I believe we are at the end of the age. But but just in case you're like, well, we've been saying Jesus is coming back and he hasn't come back. So we might not be as close to the end as people say. Okay, even if that's not true, how do you know you're not at the end of your age? How do you know you don't have five days left or a month left? Right? I, I heard somebody, I heard, I was reading something yesterday and it said, what if we live like today was the day that we were going to be remembered by? Wow, how different would we live, right? So what we're going to be doing is that we're going to be learning from the experiences of great women and men in the Bible. We're going to look at their virtues. We're going to look at their attitudes. We're going to look at their traits so that we can live like champions. Last Sunday, I told you that we can be champions because the victory has already been obtained. All we got to do is what God told the Israelites to do. He said, the land is yours. You just got to go what? Conquer it. Okay, so the victory is ours. All we got to do is walk in it. So we're going to be looking at some of the traits, the virtues of a champion. And the one we're going to look at today is that the most outstanding virtue of champions is faith. When we talk about the champions of the Bible, we are talking about men and women of faith. Now, listen, I am talking about faith in God. Because you can have faith in a political party. You can have faith in money. You can have faith in your, in your skills. You can have faith in your education. But I'm not talking about those things. It is faith in God that separates champions. Faith makes you a winner. Listen, faith makes you a winner when others lose. There's things that you can go through. And because your faith is in God, you don't sink. You rise. And other people can have more ideal situations and they sink and don't rise because the difference is our faith, our trust in God. See, here's what faith does. Faith connects divine intervention to our everyday situations. 
How do, you, how do we allow God to intervene? How do we allow God to fight for us? How do we allow God to work in our lives? By having faith. Because faith allows divine intervention. See, faith is what allows ordinary people like you and me to do extraordinary things. He, he, you're saying, well, there's nothing special to me. Great. You're a great, you're in a great spot to do extraordinary things. All you got to do is trust God. Now, I'm talking about real faith here, though, okay? I'm not talking about lip service. I'm not talking about empty, weak faith that just kind of wakes up Sunday morning and kind of goes back to sleep right after the service. No, no, no. I'm talking about real faith, life-changing, character-shaping, God-pleasing, Monday through Saturday type of faith. That kind of faith is the most outstanding virtue of champions. And see, champions of faith have three virtues. And what I want to do today, whatever time I have left, I have about 15 minutes, is talk about, about David's mighty men. I don't know if you've ever heard about David's mighty men. They're also known as the 30 chiefs or simply the 30. Now, here's an interesting um, piece of information for you. There were actually 37 warriors. Why only 30? Um, there's, there's a couple of speculations, but the important thing is that they were known as David's mighty men, the 30 chiefs, the 30. And, 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 and these were David's toughest military warriors who were credited with heroic feats. One guy fought till his hand was stuck to his sword. Another guy by himself, killed 800 enemies. Another guy, on a cold night, jumped into a pit and killed a lion. These were, as, as the title says, mighty men. As I was preparing for this message, I said, Lord, if you would make of the men in Dayspring mighty men, our church would be dangerous. And we would stop being just passive and as men. And we would just stop being um, kings of the couch. And we really rose to be conquerors, to be warriors, to fight for our spouse, to fight for our kids, to fight for our faith. Let me tell you something. We would not need to change the government because the government would change. Okay, but but anyways, let's go back to these mighty men. If you're, if you're interested, I don't know if you noticed, but I feel like preaching today. Um, if you're interested in reading about them, we're not going to read the whole chapter, but at home you can read First Chronicles 11, and and especially as men, that that would inspire. But 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 let me read to you a definition um, that 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 was given about these uh, men. L- listen to what it says. It says they were a combination of combat commandos. Stealth Rangers, Navy SEALs, Green Barrettes, Special Ops, and Delta Force who had acquired the skills of battles demanded to survive and conquer in hand-to-hand warfare. They engaged in clandestine operations and were often outnumbered by staggering odds pitted against them. Yet they stood their ground time after time on the field of battle. They were the last man standing. These were mighty men. And what I want to do today is look at them as our example to see what a champion of faith is and what a champion of faith does. The first thing, and you can fill this out in your outline, is that 
Champions of faith have three traits. And the first one is that champions of faith believe it can be done. They believe, they are optimistic, they, they are positive, they're, they're not doubtful, they don't oscillate between, yeah, well, maybe, well, no. Listen, they believe it can be done. Look at what First Chronicles 11, 4, 6 says. It says, David and all the Israelites marched to Jerusalem. That is Jabez. The Jebusites who lived there said to David, you will not get in here. Nevertheless, David captured the fortress of Sion, which is the city of David. David had said, listen, whoever leads the attack on the Jebusites will become commander in chief. Joab, the son of Seruiah, went up first, and so he received the command. While they were facing a difficult situation, one man, Joab, stood up and said, I'll go first. And listen, going first always requires you to believe. You know, you know, it's a lot easier to follow somebody that's already doing something than to be the person that causes something to happen. And Joab was one of the mighty men. And in him, we find the first lesson. And the first lesson is that because champions believe Things can be done. Here's the lesson. They live a life of excellence. They live a life of excellence. Champions decide to rise above mediocrity and what's common. You know what mediocrity is? Mediocrity is that you are as far from the first place as you are from the last place. And as men, we cannot live that way. As followers of Jesus Christ, we cannot settle for mediocrity. We cannot just settle for common. Mediocrity means that you're neither hot nor you're cold, that you're not all the way in, but you're also not all the way out. And Revelations 3.16 warns us about being in such a state and having such a mentality. Look at what Revelations 3.16 says. It says, therefore, since you are warm and not cold or hot, listen to this, I'll spit you out of what? My mouth. Why? Because God doesn't work through lukewarm people. Somebody said that, that it's kind of like coffee, right? You Coffee, it's either got to be hot or cold. What do you do with room temperature coffee? You what? <laughs> Spit it out. By the way, can we give Celebrate Life for the wonderful job they're doing at the cafe? They, they run that thing. They serve the church. And also, I just want to say thank you to you because you're so generous. The cafe runs on donations. We have not needed to put any money in. You have made it happen and will continue to make it happen. Thank you for that. But, but here's the thing. In the key area that champions excel is in their spiritual life. Champions of faith, they love God above all things. Above all things, above their car, above their job, above their comfort, above their opinion. And I got a question for you this morning. Do you love God? Do you love God his way or your way? Because you know what's one of the most common things that, that we're hearing in our days? Well, my God is not like that. We are making God to our conformity, to our liking. 
Do you love God his way or your way? How does God say we should love him? It says that we should love him with all of our mind, with all of our soul, with all of our strength, and with all of our spirit. Do you love God that way? John 14, 2 says that those who accept and obey his commandments love him. So do you love God? See, a champion recognizes that with God, everything is possible if we trust in him fully. And when you do that, they believe anything is possible. You believe your child who's not here can be here and can serve God? Do you believe that your marriage can be turned around and actually become enjoyable? Do you believe that in spite of your mistakes, God can use you and God can transform you and make you into a blessing? Because champions believe that it can be so. The second thing that champions of faith uh, do is that they have a courageous heart. They have a courageous heart. Courage will follow when faith takes the lead. Whenever there's faith, there's supposed to be courage. When you believe, then you ought to be moved by actions. But it is in our lack of action that we demonstrate that we really don't believe. Look at what 1 Chronicles eleven fifteen through 19 says. It says, three of the 30 chiefs, so three of the mighty men, came down to David uh, to the rock at the cave of Adullam. While a band of Philistines um, was encamped in the valley of Raphaim. At the time, David was in the stronghold. David was hiding. And the Philistine garrison was at Bethlehem. That means the Philistines had taken control of Bethlehem. David longed for water and said, Oh, that someone would give me a drink of water from the well near the gates of Bethlehem. So the three broke through the Philistines' lines, drew water from the well near the gates of Bethlehem, and carried it back to David. But he refused to drink it. Instead, instead, he poured it out to the Lord. God forbid that I should do this, he said. Should I drink the blood of these men who went at the risk of their lives because they risked their lives to bring it back? David would not drink it. In this short um passage, we find that three of the mighty men were so courageous that they heard their king express a desire of his and say, oh, that I could have water from the well. And they went through the enemy lines and they got water for their king. But David refused to drink it because he didn't feel worthy of such loyalty. He felt that only God was worthy of that kind of love and loyalty. And champions have courageous hearts. And you may not have to infiltrate enemy ranks to show your courage, but you can show your courage by doing the right thing in spite of the consequences. Do you do the right thing when the wrong thing is easier? See, we show our courage not by intimidating others, but by doing the right thing when it's easier to do the wrong thing. Remember Daniel refused to worship other gods in spite of the lion's den? Remember that Meshach, Sadrach, and Abednego refused to bow down to the image of King Nebuchadnezzar and they did it to such a point that they were willing to risk their lives? See, because champions of faith are courageous enough to do what is required, not what is convenient. It's too cloudy. We're not going to church today. Oh, it's too early. We're not going to show up today. 
They're going to use it for drugs. We're not going to help them today. A champion not only believes it can happen, but a champion has a courageous heart. And that courageous heart leads them to doing something. Listen, if you only believe but never act, nothing will ever happen in your life. Look at what James 2.17 says. In the same way, faith by itself, if not accompanied by what? Actions is dead. If you don't put into practice what God says, you will never have the results that God promises. If you never put into practice what God says, you will never have the promises that God promised. See, because faith or just believe by itself is not enough. So I have a question for you. Are you acting out your faith? And if so, how are you doing it? How in your everyday life are you acting out your faith? You know, you, you, you know how you can know when you're acting out your faith, when you have a courageous heart, when you don't give up easily. Every dream has obstacles. Every goal has impediments. But when you have faith and you have a courageous heart, you don't give up easily. Not only do you not give up easily, you find solutions. Courage comes from a heart that is convinced that they are loved. When you understand that God loves you, you understand that God has made a way for you. And it may not be easy, you may not see it, but you have the courage to say, I got to keep going because God has made a way. The third virtue of a, of a champion of faith is that they develop their skills. They develop their skills. You won't be able to accomplish your goals, your dreams, without skills. You know what I've observed? Most people want to make it on talent. But what you need is skills. You know the difference? Talent is what comes natural. Skills have to be what? Developed. We, we want to binge watch. We want to window shop. And we want just the anointing of God will get me through. Listen, yes, there is a natural skills, uh, abilities that God has given you. Yes, there is an empowering of God. But there is also a role for you to develop your skills. If I just come up here and, and pray Five minutes before God, let your anointing be upon me so I can preach. I'm only going to get so far. But if I hone my skill, if I learn to study, if I observe other preachers, if I, if I put interest into it, if I read, then I can go further. So up to now, are you trying to reach your goals on your natural talent or are you developing your skills? In the list of the mighty men, one man seems out of place. Look at what 1 Chronicles eleven twenty six and 39 says. It says the mighty warriors were, and then it begins to mention a bunch of them. But in verse 39, it says, Naharai, the, the Barotite, the armor bearer of Joab, son of Seruiah. Now, what's so different about this verse? That an armor bearer makes it into the list of the mighty men. Doesn't that seem kind of odd? I mean, he's not even like a champion. All he does is carry around the weapons of another warrior. 
But you know why he makes it? Because an armor bearer was responsible to always be next to the warrior. If he lost his weapon, he would give him another. After battle, he would clean the armor. He would clean the weapons. And the thing about an armor bearer being next to a warrior is that he always saw him in battle. And what you see begins to stick to you. That's why the Bible says, be careful with who you hang out because bad companies, what? Corrupt, good, corrupt character. See, and, and, and here's the lesson. Here's the lesson that this armor bearer teaches us. That champions of faith always learn from others. If you think you don't need others, you're wrong. If you're saying, all I need is God, I can show up to church and then go home and be good, you're cutting yourself short. Because you're not an orphan. You are part of God's family to begin with. But you also need others. You know that you can learn from people's success. You don't have to. Listen, the day we stop being envious of other people's success and actually start learning from them is the day we will profit the most. The envy says, I want what they have. But wisdom says, I want to know what they did so I could do it too. And the day you do that is the day that your life is going to turn around for good. But you know you can also learn from people's failures. In fact, young people, one of the best things you can do is learn from other people's failures. You don't have to go to divorce to get it. You can just learn from other people. Oh, let me try and let me do it on my own. Why? Why would you want to do it? That is so foolish. Just look at the pain. Look at the consequences of other people and learn. And when you learn, you, 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 you hone your skills. Look at what the Bible says in 1 Chronicles 12, 11, uh, 1 and 2, and then verse 8. It says, These were the men who came to David at Siklag while he was banished from the presence of Saul, king of Kish. They were among the warriors who helped them in battle. Listen, they were armed with bows and were able to shoot arrows or sling stones right-handed or left-handed. They were brave warriors ready for battle and able to handle the shield and spear. Their faces were the faces of lion and they were as swift as gazelles. Skill comes when it is developed. What skills do you need to develop? What abilities you need to develop? Netflix is not going to develop for you. The couch is not. The only thing the couch develops is your belly. So what do you need to develop? Constantly improving your skills will get you where God wants you to go. Look at what the Bible says, and I'll end with this. Ecclesiastes 10.10. If the axe is dull and its edge unsharpened, more strength is what? Needed. But skill brings what? Some of you, you're trying to chop with the dull axe. And you're chopping, chopping away, and nothing's happening. What you need is skill to bring you success. Some people say, oh, they don't let me preach at church. They don't let me sing at church. Why do you need church? There's a bunch of people where you live that you could preach, that you could sing to, that you could teach, that you could serve. So, so it's just excuses, right? 
when you're really interested in developing your skill and honing your craft, you don't find excuses. You find what? Solutions. So I just want to end with this. Faith in God, in God, is the most essential element of a champion. It begins in the mind by believing. It, it is motivated in the heart, but it culminates with action. And here's what faith does. Faith in God gives you the ability to dream. And I pray you dream. No matter your age, you start dreaming. The Bible says that in the last day, the elderly would dream. I pray that you would dream that things can, can be different, that dreams can come true. Faith stretches your mind to think of great things. Faith allows you to see a better future. And faith gives you the courage to move forward. You're a champion. Walk in faith like a champion. We hope you enjoyed this message. But before you go, we want to extend an invitation to start a personal relationship with Jesus and declare Him your God. No one loves you like Jesus, and no one will impact your life for good like Jesus will. Would you make the following prayer your prayer? Heavenly Father, I repent of my wrongdoing. I open my heart, and I want to have a personal relationship with you. I trust that Jesus died so I could be forgiven, but He didn't stay dead. He rose back to life so I could have eternal life. From today on, I will follow you, transform my life through your truth and love. In Jesus' name, amen. Congratulations. If you made that prayer, God lives in you and now you have a new life in him. Connect to a church so your faith and love for God can continue to grow. We believe that you can find a loving and encouraging community in Day Spring Church. Come visit us. You belong here. We would love to meet you.